Welcome to Sincerely JJ, a podcast for the people who are tired of living up to the standards. My name is Julie. And I'm Jen. Join us in discovering life's beautifully unwritten detours. What's up, guys? Welcome to today's podcast episode. It is February now, so guess what time it is? It's Recreation Therapy Month! Woo! Happy Recreation Therapy Month for all of those celebrating. All of those TRs out there, what are you guys doing this year for TR Month? For me, the whole purpose of TR Month is to increase the awareness of the TR profession and the incredibly important role that TRs play in promoting health and well-being. So typically, we do a full day of celebrations to one, share awareness, and two, show our appreciation of the TR team members that we have on our team. We typically do a lunch, gifts, and celebrate the hard work that we do on the daily. What about you, Jen? Oh, that sounds cool. Well, for Mm -hmm. me, we share and educate the interdisciplinary team on the benefits of rec therapy based on evidence-based practices. We host a variety of lectures, presentations, workshops, to introduce our viewers or our interdisciplinary team the new recreational activities such as relaxation, mindfulness techniques, physical programs such as yoga or Zumba, or it could be simply journaling and many more. A lot of people don't know what recreation therapy is. Do you want to tell them what it is, Jen? Oh boy, I always figure out, <laughs> I could never figure out what recreation therapy is, but I think I got it to the T. I feel you, girl. I feel like a lot of people struggle with explaining to people what TR really is. What recreation do is provide clients with non-pharmacological interventions through meaningful activities. Basically, it is to enable all individuals at any age, any stage you are in life, diagnoses, all that stuff to achieve the best quality of life and optimal health that you can potentially get. We focus on five domains in a social aspect, physical functioning, emotional well-being, cognitive abilities, and spiritually as well. You name it, all five of them. Sometimes all mixed (laughs) in all one. And sometimes we focus on one thing. It really depends on what our patient really needs. One intervention that you do can encompass a variety of different domains. All of our interventions benefit our patient as we focus on their strength and abilities, not just their diagnosis, through a holistic approach, and we overcome lots of barriers with them. And some of you may ask, where do we work? We work in a variety of places, but Jen has a list here of where we do work. We usually work in acute or chronic care hospital, mental health settings, inpatient and outpatient rehabilitation programs, and of course, long-term care homes. It could be also wellness centers and day hospitals, children's treatment centers, youth and adult correctional facilities, community-based agencies with disabilities, and of course, substance and abuse treatment centers. As much as I love my seniors in my home, we don't just work there. We work also in a lot of places with other populations. We don't only focus on elderly folks. We focus on different populations. And we're just not doing all of this stuff just for fun, quote unquote, entertainment or anything. There is a real purpose on why we do these certain programs. There are lots of clinical aspects to rec therapy, such as we focus on depression, social isolation, behavior management is a huge one because it can be 
anything from uh, unmet need a response in behavior and those are things that we have to really see and recognize in order to create an intervention that will be specific for those kinds of patients as well as to manage pain discomfort risk of falls mm-hmm. what do you like about being a rec therapist jen there are always pros and there are some little bit of struggles within this career sometimes we would have good days and sometimes we have trying days let's just say that what inspired me to become a recreation therapist is i feel rewarded actually when your patients are really looking forward to your program learning something new that you have in your knowledge as a clinician and that's one of the best feeling ever when you get appreciated by your own patient them complimenting you that you're you did a wonderful job. I really love this program. Is there any resources that I could use in the future or bring home? How about you, Julie? I've mainly been in a long-term care setting and a retirement setting. I work mainly with residents with dementia, and it is such a wide spectrum from mild, moderate to severe that there are different programs that you have to do just based on their abilities and you have to modify everything for them. But it is so nice when you actually see them engage in the program. But they smile a lot. Yes, they're really into it. And it's just amazing because sometimes they have this perception that because they're old, that they're not able to do it. But that's completely wrong. But then when they do do it, it's so amazing to see that they can actually do it. You'll be amazed by what these people can do, even if they have dementia. Yeah, totally. You can see their progress from day one when you when they arrive in your unit. And then as a day goes by, you can see how much improvement the they progress. have achieved. Yeah. yeah. And that's really rewarding because you're witnessing this in front of your eyes. You did this. You change who they are. You have people who are socially isolated to becoming more active engaging with other people on their own and that just goes to show you rec therapy actually works Mm -hmm. and i find it so wonderful where it's not just the patient and the client that recognizes it but it's also the interprofessional team along with the families that also recognize it and see how important it is to have rec therapy in their life oh yeah definitely another thing that we never mentioned understanding your patient in such a whole new different deeper level despite of their diagnoses or the condition you just have this bond where you get to validate someone that they're doing an amazing job they're progressing you learn a lot from them too all the experience all the background stories that they have gone through in their life that's what i find that more rewarding how can we overcome those barriers and i think this is where the difference comes in from rec therapy to all of the other professions out there because we get to know them on a deeper more personal level versus just all the medical stuff yes some of the programs we do is quote-unquote medical because there are certain things that we're doing however we get to know them as a person an individual well in my settings when they come to the hospital they have full who are severely ill. And I always keep telling them that you're here for a reason. We are putting 99% into your treatment. And it's all up to you that 1% to make it 100 for you to get better. But you have to put your effort into this treatment. And another thing that makes my job so rewarding is that you're spending so much time with these people's family members, you know, residents with dementia. They all somewhat have behaviors that 
the families cannot handle or manage very well. And us spending time with them, taking care of them, introducing them to different programs, they turn into basically somewhat a completely different person or the person that they used to be. And when the family sees that, they're just so appreciative and we're able to provide those interventions and those activities to the families so that when they come and visit, they're not just seeing behaviors from their parent the whole time, but they're actually able to engage them in something and bond on a different level. Because normally, I feel like at, even me, as a daughter of my parents, you see them in a different light. So when they're completely different now, you don't know what to do. Because your whole life, they were your parent. There's something you're looking up to always. Now they've changed. So now you have to change in how you interact with them. And I just think that's super rewarding on how what we're doing is really helping them bond to each other. A good tip to all those folks. Um, spend a lot of time with your parents. Get to know what their leisure interests are before time is over, right? Yeah. God forbid that something happens. I know. God forbid. forbid. But like, at least it's really nice because then you have family members expression and they're really surprised that, oh, are you sure they do that? They always question about it at first, but when they see it in time in real life, they're just in awe of, whoa, my, is that the person, the same person that I grew up with? They actually like this? I didn't know. I agree because, yeah, we do some programs and the family's like, oh, I never knew she liked to do that. Also, another thing that I like about being a clinician in my hospital is that we are always investigating our patients or our clients' history. Mm. What do they used to like? Who are they? It really ties into their leisure aspects, too, because sometimes when you're in your adulthood, you are managing life like bills and all those skills. But then again, there's always a hump in your life that some people may not be able to go over. So we come in and step in and we share these life skills tools to them to use and practice while they're in the hospital. And once they are treated, they can apply that outside of the community so there are so many positive aspects to tr but i do know there are some struggles out there oh yeah it's not always sunshine and rainbows for us people may (laughs) people may think that we're all up and beat and bubbly and all that stuff i mean yes there we have a lot of recreation therapists who have that kind of personality naturally but there's always times where We just have our days where we absolutely don't want to do anything. So there's a lot of things I also don't like about being a TR sometimes that it's not so major, but it really like irks me a little bit where sometimes uh, other team members will just throw residents at you or clients at you and be like, they're bored, they're having behaviors, we don't know what to do with them. So here, take them. Number one, I'm not a babysitter. Number two, I'm not a source of entertainment. For a program to actually become beneficial to someone, They need to have a certain criteria of abilities, Mm -hmm. you know? Do you want to give an example of like where, when that situation happened? Before answering that question, I would like to thank our sponsor. Thank you to Lashed by Miss JT for sponsoring today's video, aka me. Follow me on Instagram. And if you guys know anyone or want to get your lashes done, definitely send me a DM and let's talk there. All right, now back to the episode. So for example... We're leading an exercise program. 
who's the one leading it? The rec therapist. So I'm the one leading it. And I have a group of residents who are very functionally able to do these exercises with me. And yet other team members are bringing me residents who are not physically able to do it. You as a rec therapist, you you feel bad like leaving them out because they need a one-on-one. They need some passive range of motion and you cannot be providing that because you are instructing a class yeah. and it just disrupts the flow because I feel bad. And then the resident that can't do it is just staring at everyone while mm-hmm. they do it. Like, how do you think they feel? And then all of the other residents who are doing it, they feel bad for the resident who's not doing it. Or sometimes they get frustrated <laughs> too, right? And the, they get frustrated. Why? Oh, why is the other, no one's helping the other person and stuff like that. They get really mad when someone who's disrupting, they would have, told them off first of all and Mm. they would pick on the person who is not able to do the basic exercise that you're facilitating and exactly and that ruins the whole program because you're disrupting the flow and it's creating this negative energy and just weird environment that you don't want like there's no benefit from that (laughs) bad vibes that is why it like irks me when team members are bringing people into programs that are not appropriate for those residents in my situation they do understand that but there are times where there's shortage of staff that i understand too i understand but at the same time it's still inappropriate just because you know the interaction the flow of patients who they are and who you could set up with a different person another thing that also irks me is that all these rec therapists we're noticing different things we spend a lot of time Mm. with these residents and patients when we notice and we see these behaviors we provide solutions we provide interventions that will really help the other team members however they don't use it even though it would (laughs) save them so much time headache and energy yeah but they just don't use it they don't follow through with it and people don't know how to deal with it when we were the one that gave you the solution to begin with i think so the other clinicals are just uh focused on task base where we are focused on okay this is what the action is happening right now how can we solve to minimize this action to reoccur again and you're absolutely correct about using these interventions because if it's not being used it's not consistent yeah it's not gonna work from my situation as in my team are really great at it and sometimes there are days where it's like really trying because some days it depends on the patient it really depends on their mood I understand that sometimes there's not always enough staff. So then, you know, we are, are the ones really picking up the slack mm-hmm. and really helping everyone out. Sometimes, man, we have our own stuff to do too. And we're burning out too. <laughs> we don't always have enough time to do all of these extra things. We have lots of documentations to do. We have to do program planning. These programs don't just come out of nowhere. <laughs> they are based on our client and what they need. For me, I absolutely hate hate documentation but i do it because if you don't do it it does not exist it didn't happen yeah, yeah it, it didn't, didn't happen, happen. Didn't document so i like documenting it's just i need time to document it takes time to write things out in detail i like that we're also able to advocate not just for our own field and our profession but also for our patients residents and clients every day through our programming and through all of the teachings that we do we see what's their affect um did they have high participation? What was their behavior like? Were they mad? Were they angry or anxious? All these description really helps the doctor 
to figure out why the patient is like that behaviorally mm-hmm. and do they need medication to be fluffed out saying what jen was saying it allows the doctor to see is the medication working is it too much medication can we mm. hold back on some is it getting any better is it getting worse and it's also like a challenge too because you always have to come up and create different programs that will be one beneficial to your residents or clients or patients and yet keep it fun and interesting at the same time it's oh, really yeah. hard like there's only so many things you can think about you have to be super creative to be in yeah. this role also budget too you not oh that's the worst (laughs) sometimes we have a budget we have to be so creative to not break the bank and you know what's the worst thing in long-term care the thing that gets replaced the most are markers they don't put the lid back on oh that's the worst in my hospital, we make a budget, our own budget. All homes and all long-term cares, all retirement homes are different. I was really lucky that we were able to have such a big budget. But I understand at some other places, they are on a tighter budget. A lot of stuff comes from sponsorships, from families, because they're not able to provide like the monetary resources for some of these programs. So they're kind of like repetitive. Just use what they kind of have. Yeah, you have to be really creative or find adaptive way. And that's what ties into our career yeah not only do we have to be resourceful with the stuff that we have but we also have to be creative and adaptive in order to provide different ways on how to help and get over barriers and I know Jen you did have a client who was deaf do you want to talk to us about that I did have a patient who is deaf and he heavily relies on sign languages and none of our staff no sign languages and we have to adapt or find an, an app that could help him he relies on how what we're speaking like our mouth oh snap and he can't see because everyone's wearing a mask now so i see how that could be a barrier but you figured it out and found modifications for it just find out <laughs> a lot of modifications for for each client i don't know if this ever happened to you Do you have times where people kind of pull out your patient from your group while you're facilitating? In my home, there are sometimes basically they're on a schedule, right? So they have to get their care done. Sometimes they have appointments and meetings with the doctors and yada, yada, yada. So then, yes, sometimes during programs, residents are being disrupted and they are being removed from the program it's just annoying sometimes because you know that this program is very beneficial for them and they really enjoy it but other things that happen in their day are also just as important so we let them go have fun do what they have to do and then just hope that they come back in time so that they can enjoy some part of the program or if not then they'll just unfortunately have to miss it and join the next one i think so it's more of the residents that we get from our program the students from our doctors who usually does that, but our doctors that I work with, they don't really pull out patients when they're in programs, actually. They really respect your job. And in fact, they love seeing their patients outside of their rooms and seeing that they're engaged. It's part of their care plan, their treatment mm-hmm. plan. Yeah. And sometimes they totally understand some patients would not listen to their doctors because they're so 
attentive to the program. They want to focus. They want to stay. They don't want to chat with you. Yeah, and they don't want to leave. They don't. Yeah, they don't want to enjoying leave. it so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's again like a good feeling. So as recreation therapists, we know firsthand all of the programs that really help. Are there any recreation therapeutic programs do you do, Jen, to really benefit? And help you out on a daily. I do enjoy being out in the nature. I do love going for walks, except for the winters. Right now, we are <laughs> in the winter. It's freezing outside right now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We just had like a blizzard yesterday, so I'm not all yeah. about <laughs> walking in the cold. But I love staring outside. You know, for mental health, I will do that mental health walk. Just yes. to get it out of way, <laughs> get fresh air and some vitamin D, of course, because again, it's winter time. We don't get a lot of sun. I've picked up a new hobby, which is you may say that I sound old, but I'm not old. I started <laughs> trying doing this knitting loom. I don't know if you've ever done this, Julie. Knitting loom? No, I've never done it. I've always seen it, and to be honest, it kind of scares me because. It, yet it looks simple, but I'm like, I don't want to mess this up. I don't know how to do this. That's the funny part because I was with a patient two two days ago and I didn't have knitting needles. And of course, when you're in our facility, we do not, ha- we're not allowed to have any sharp objects. Well, I had this knitting loom where it's like a circular plastic device where you could put the, the yarn in little tiny pegs and then you can make it to a hat. So that's something that I've picked up and learned. I am in a journey of doing self-care. It's quite tricky because for the past few years, I haven't been really doing a lot of self-cares, which is what I was lacking last year, which leads me this year to really get to have that me day, have mm-hmm. that spa day or get a bubble bath, put face masks, do all the things that you love. Really, just to focus on yourself. And lastly, I started doing journaling and reciting affirmations, which really helps me a lot to just affirm that you are good, you are worthy, and it inspires me a lot to do more. Mm-hmm. How about you, Julie? I think I'm a person who's recently gotten more in tune with myself. I'm able to feel my emotions more and understand why I'm feeling those emotions so I can feel when I'm feeling sad or not really happy or not in the mood for a lot of things and then this is where my rec therapy comes in (laughs) I will do some deep breathing mindfulness listen to music just take time for myself journaling even though I like to handwrite a lot of things sometimes you just need a quick vent and so what I do I just write it in my notes on my phone or my laptop just really quick I'm also really in tune where there are things, I'll do things that make me happy. So if I'm upset, I will literally just go to the flower shop and walk around the flower store, go into like, you know, those cold rooms with the flowers and I'll just stand in there (laughs) and like look at all the beautiful flowers and then I'll buy some or whatever. Oh man, wasn't that your dream to have a flower shop? I really want a flower shop. Like, can you imagine? They're so pretty. I also like to do kind of like a spa day, do mani-pedis. I like to paint. I like to do embroidering and then talking to my friends. I also am like Jen, where I also like to go outside. So when I know that I'm not feeling so great, I will definitely go for a walk or a hike. 
But then also when I am happy, there are things that I also still like to do just to keep myself in tune with like recreation and stuff that I enjoy. Cooking, baking. I love to vlog and I like to edit. Stuff like that. Try different things. Just because we're in the field of recreation therapists, we do apply all of these things that we learn as a therapist and -hmm. apply it through our lifestyle which is really important. If you were to be in a different career, I think everyone would have had a different mindset. Sometimes they forget, okay, how can I balance my lifestyle? How can I introduce leisure into my life? And I think that's the thing too. People being in other professions, they're not very aware or alert of all the recreation activities and programs there are mm-hmm. out there. And even like the little things you do, just for yourself, it can be considered as leisure, but they Mm -hmm. don't consider it like that. Anything can really be leisure as long as you're spending time to enjoy it. It can be anything like going out to a bar, having a drink, enjoying some company. That's also part of leisure. But sometimes people have, a, I think, a struggle of trying to find out what leisure they like, and that works for them. Yeah, but it's funny the fact that they didn't even know that it was leisure the whole entire time. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot funny of people part. don't know. Yeah. yeah. I had a patient where he was like, I used to do these things, like pick up newspapers and read them. And I'm like, did you know that that's the leisure reading, right? You're doing this for fun. You're not reading just the heck out of it that you need to. You're just reading it because you enjoy it and you find comfort in it. Having that perspective open other people's eyes to, oh, I didn't realize that. I agree. And each of these leisure things that we do, there is a benefit to it. Some people are just like, oh, like for that example, oh, you're just reading. But no, it's focusing on your your fine motor skills because you have to hold it and flip the pages. Mm -hmm. It's like cognition. Do you understand? And can you reflect and retain the information that you were just reading? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. There's There's a lot of benefits. Yeah. To little things. Yeah, they don't realize it. And I think that is why rec therapy is so special. And that is why, thankfully, this month is rec therapy month. So we can educate everyone on rec therapy. (laughs) Yes, of course. Getting into recreation therapy, we do have some stories of when we felt like we were rewarded by the care that we've served to our patients. And I'm pretty sure Julie has quite a few of them. Julie, would you Mm. like to share some? Oh my gosh, it brings back so much memories of my residents. Oh, I don't want to cry. Oh well, my you God. got other I- people. You're not only working with residents, you're working with um, folks who has disabilities as well. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so I work in a like a wide spectrum of in the population. So not only do I work with residents with dementia, I also work with young adults with brain injury. So I'll give you an example about the brain injury one. We do bi-monthly programming for them and we started up in the summer doing some art and so when the first day we were doing art program with them everything is over zoom because you know covid Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was very interesting because it was such a struggle you don't think it was that hard to tell someone oh guys tape the edges of your paper that took way too long you know something that would take normally two minutes or like if you're in person it's also very different because you can see them and help them and a system right then and there but through online it took so long to get everyone to tape the edges and you, to you it's just like a simple task but, but for some of a brain injury it's very difficult for them to tape the edges <laughs> and 
even just to like divide the page, even with verbal instructions, it was very hard. And then we eventually even had to show them visual. So I would start first because I'm usually the one leading it. So I will start t- going a few steps ahead so that I could show them, guys, it should look something like this. And then as I, I would say two, three months went on, they all got the hang of it so fast. I'm so proud of them. It's insane. I had this one specific client when we were doing art and stuff, he would never finish the picture because he was just really slow and it's, it's taken him a long and hard time to do it. He wasn't upset or anything. He was going along with the flow, but he would never finish. But then by the time it hit like the third month, he's able to finish along with the whole group. And it just like warms my heart how far he has come. And the paintings get harder and harder each time. So they're all getting like a really good hang of doing these programs. That brings a lot of joy to you because these people, you know that they're really struggling, but they're really trying really hard for themselves to achieve this little small task. But again, Mm -hmm. just a reminder, these small tasks are such a win. Yeah, for these people, yes, they're huge. See that some people will be like, oh, this is nothing. I didn't do anything. And I always remind them, no, you did something small. And that's a huge win for us. And I think even just showing up and being Mm -hmm. present is already you doing something really great and amazing because you just, you showed up at least that. You're just existing (laughs) here. Like just being here, you're existing. That sounds great to us. If you don't want to do anything, fine. But for some clients who like just come sit and talk and socialize and encourage other people and stuff, engage Mm -hmm. in conversation, that is huge already. Especially for someone that has depression. I usually say to my clients, celebrate the small winnings. Think about what is right in front of you right now and celebrate those small winnings because those Mm -hmm. small winnings could be a big thing when you look back. So I had this resident who had a behavior and I don't know, out of nowhere, she wanted to attack me. I had to think quick. She's going to smack me right across the face right now. And then I just started singing her favorite song, which is Can't Help Falling in Love with You by Elvis Presley. And she just looked at me like dead in the eye and started singing. My heart, like I couldn't. (laughs) number one I was like thank god she didn't attack me and second I thought quick enough to do something about her behavior three change her whole day into something so great did you have any success stories Jen there's so many there's one that really stuck in my head the best memory was when I had a person who was actually deaf and he was homeless Mm -hmm. so he came to our unit and he looked disheveled he had multiple behaviors such as an angry affect on his face every day mm-hmm. and he didn't want to participate he was like a very grouchy guy his diagnoses really hinder who he is right now and we communicated through text message through a tablet where he can read luckily he can actually read because it really helps out the part that I enjoyed the most is that he became an angry and disheveled person to a well-groomed individual very studious he's very helpful despite of people talking to him verbally he tries to understand by body language that's so sweet yeah and he created friends despite that his friends don't speak sign that's amazing the best part is that when they had these huge behaviors when they're ready to go to a different facility where they can call their facility as a home 
forever. It was such a success because he, despite all of the behaviors that he had, he got accepted to one of the best homes that had mm-hmm. sign languages. So, oh my goodness, it's it's really hard to apply those homes that are that has like specialized like that. Yeah, oh, that specialized. That. And it took many months. Mm-hmm. What a success story! I know. I hope he's doing well. I hope so too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's wrap up with our career. I hope you guys any- got to understand and learn a little bit about rec therapy. Not always fun in games. We love the ga- games parts of obviously i love the baking part because you get to eat it (laughs) don't even talk about baking i've met so many people who are good cooks in my units they speak food with a passion yes i love it but the downside is that we can't facilitate programs for cooking because of covid covid yeah covid COVID. is messing up everything we can't go out on outings i mean you go out but you can't take them to a restaurant yeah that's the downfall of it hopefully when everything gets better we're able to do other recreation activities outside maybe go to a picnic or something that'd be really Mm -hmm. nice one of the great reminder is to continue some leisure get off your phones stop watching youtube all the time (laughs) i think so listen to the podcast (laughs) listen to (laughs) our (laughs) podcast while walking or pick up something that you've done or that you want to do Something mm-hmm. you've never done before and you want to try. Get back learn into it. something new. Do not limit yourself. I hope you guys got to learn a little bit more about recreation therapy. We love sharing it with you guys. Let us know if you guys have any other questions. Mm-hmm. Catch us next week where we're going to be playing Never Have I Ever. There are definitely going to be some juicy stories with this one, you guys. Trust me, you guys are going to want to catch in on this one. We are so happy to announce that we are available on four different platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. Not everyone in the world can hear us. (laughs) (laughs) Check us out there and make sure to rate us and subscribe. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at SincerelyJJPodcast. We would love to hear what you liked about our show. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, we're going through. Ugh, don't forget, we're. F- <laughs> don't forget, we're going through life's beautifully unwritten detour together. Sincerely, Sincerely JJ. JJ. Bye. Bye.